Okay, folks, strap on in. It's another episode of Smell You Later. We're back. We're back, y'all. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Well, right now it's Saturday, but you know, <laughs> I'm just like setting the stage. It's a new moon. <laughs> <laughs> is it a new moon? I think it is, actually. People keep telling me there's going to be a pink moon, and that moon is still white. <laughs> like, I am lied to over and over Get again. your money back. Seriously, I'm hanging out my window trying what to does snap that the pink moon. mean? Mm. I know what blue moon means. What does blue moon mean? Blue moon is when there's two full moons in a month. Oh, but uh, is it blue? No. Then like, what's the, I know it's the a lie. This, this whole big moon is big planet is <laughs> out to, to goof us. I like the moon like as a concept though. I just don't like, I'm not one of those Zodiac girls. You know what? I actually deleted a bunch of my Zodiac apps and no greater peace has been found than that. I have never had a Zodiac app because I see y'all getting dragged by them every day. And I'm like, I don't need this in my life. I can do this to myself. You know what I mean? What I would rather do actually is like read last month's horoscope and be mm. like, yep, that happened. Nope, that didn't happen. Wait, what's your sign? <laughs> I'm a Cancer sun, a Capricorn rising and a Taurus moon. Wait, but then but what does that mean? Like, what is your sign though? Like, which one? All three. Well, that's the big three, man. Aren't you? Huh? I'm a, my sun sign is a cancer. Oh, is that what you yeah. are? Sh- sure. I don't know. Like, what, what am I even asking? <laughs> you literally asked what my sign was. Right. But then you've said a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, I'm like, simpletons don't like see the sun sign. <laughs> well, I, I think that is what I mean. Okay. So, um, you're, you're a Virgo. Yeah. And like all my placements are in Virgo. Wow. Shock. I think I'm an Aries rising, but I'm definitely Ooh. a Virgo sun and I, I don't know. It. I see it. I saw like eight of my placements and I think like five of them are in Virgo. And I'm like, well, that tracks. Yep. You know what I mean? I have a lot of fire sign placements. That's so sexy. Which also tracks. <laughs> Taylor Swift has that fire sign <laughs> lyric. Ugh. It just means I'm emo and aggressive at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Mine just means I overthink everything. You're a control freak. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And hey, T is T. The planets were correct. The planets read us, and we could not. <laughs> Once again, we've been read by the planets. <laughs> I love that we started this in four seconds, and we we're like tangent. It's the smell you later way. Yeah, let's. Yeah, our intro last episode was fully a half hour. <laughs> Truly, I think people just like scrubbed. They're like, "Who are you talking to?" Let's let's get there. I was having a blast. As was I. It's As fine. was I. It's fine. I feel like when we when we record in person, I feel like more antics happen. Yes. Yes. That that whole Zoom kind of doles the magic. I know. I know. <laughs> We're back in person. Back in person, spritzing up a storm. Exactly. Yeah. I finally went to the new Midtown Alta yesterday. Oh. So in New York City, because this is the city from hell, <laughs> there was only one Alta Beauty. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Alta is like low-key superior to Sephora. True. So Sephora is that girl, but Alta is like Every really girl. the girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's an Alta on the Upper East Side. Yeah, it's way up there. It's like in the 80s. It's on the 80s. And I've walked there before and it's fine. You've walked there yeah, from yeah. your home? Yeah. I love a walk. That's like 40 blocks. Oh, I, I love to Holy stomp the moly. pavement. We're out here. <laughs> but last year, like pre-pandemic, I was stomping around Midtown, which is right by my old office. And I noticed that an Ulta was going up a block away from my office, which is like Whoa. three blocks from my house. And I was like, oh, yes, it's over. ma'am. 
and I was in an Uber two weeks ago and I look out my window and there it is. She was open. And it's hot pink glory. And I was like, oh shit. So Wait, I find Where is it exactly? I don't know. It's <laughs> it just I appears think, like the room of requirement. I think it's thirty fourth and Broadway. Oh right wow. off of Broadway. It's That's... across from the Lush. Okay. I mean, it's like right in the throbbing dick of Midtown. Yeah. It's right there. It's in the balls of Midtown. Yeah. Well, I was stopping around last night and I was sort of in the area and I was like, now's the time. <laughs> Finally. Here I come. <laughs> oh my God. I walked in and I was like, mm. it was just like exactly Wait, what so I Wait, so what did you buy? What's your Ulta hole? It, fucking nothing. Like, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I bought that shitty mascara that you told me was shitty, but I didn't see the DM until after. Sorry. And I did get a liquid lip color that I've really been wanting because mm. it is a dupe of a very, very good shade by Jeffree Star, who we do not fuck with because he's mm-hmm. a racist. But I didn't know that when I originally got acquainted with this shade. So now I duped it and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I'm wearing the mascara right now and it's like, it's fine. It's fine. It was a fight to get on. Really? But it hasn't stamped and I People was I'm a little teary. People love those CoverGirl mascaras, but mm. they do not do it for me. I will say I have a purple one and a waterproof tube. What did I just say? I have a waterproof one and a purple tube and I like it just fine. It's like yeah. I kept, I keep it at my desk if I like need it. I don't know. Mm. Um, and, it, and it works just fine. This one, I like all the brushes because they're like big and fat and rubbery. I like yeah. all that. But this one, I was like, it's it's the one of the Tiffany blue tube, like the big clean it's or whatever the, the fuck. It's the vegan clean one. I yeah. remember because they sent it to me yeah. with a cake yeah. that was like torpedo shaped. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Made to that's look right. like the, the mascara. Which was like obviously done in fondant, and mm-hmm. then like it's a vegan cake. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, please send me cake. I love a cake. Yeah. But fondant? Have you tried eating fondant? This week, because I got the Fenty skin. You cake. shouldn't eat it. I don't think people should be eating that. Oh, I ate right there. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm eating sugary toothpaste. I feel like I was eating like plaster. Yeah, literally like plaster that you make. I don't know gingerbread houses. Yeah. More of the story. Rihanna sent me a cake. <laughs> the headline no we fuck with covergirl though Uh because they are the not the only but the biggest drugstore brand that is cruelty free so we support wait what about maybelline no really damn none of them are except and and covergirl is newly cruelty free yeah very newly which is great progress yep l'oreal come on man figure it out l'oreal but the Ulta is great. Mm. The aisles are very close together. Do not bring a backpack. But the fragrance <laughs> section is great. I, oh. I, They were stacked with Ariana Grande's Cloud. <laughs> and I said, I know that's right. I need to pick up a bottle of Cloud. You do. You yeah. do. I'll, we'll get them to send it. Keep, okay. I say that every episode. I know. Also, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, do you know the brand Axiology? I know of them. They do those packaging free face crayons for eyes lips and cheeks <gasps> right they're actually very good they sent them to me because i'm like really trying to get away from i'm really trying to like incorporate packaging free products into my actual mm. routine i love these products anyway when they sent that they they had like the typical note like hey thanks hope you love this whatever i flip it over and they were like by the way we love the podcast and <gasps> you are the reason that we bought ariana grande's <gasps> cloud now it's like yes. yo we need to get some affiliate links for real Wait, how did those work again? I have no idea. I don't, every, yeah, I don't know. Every, I'm a really bad quote unquote influencer in that I have no fucking idea how right. any of that shit works. You know what? I would take an Ariana Grande guest spot on Smell You Later yep. over an affiliate link any goddamn oh, yeah. day. I live 10 blocks from her. I can just, I can just <laughs> pop over. Like, wait, what's that? Is it Troy Sivan, the sample in, in before in my head? And he's like, I'm a couple blocks away. I'm coming over. <laughs> See you soon. This has gone on far too long. Yeah. <laughs> a couple blocks away. I'm coming over. Oh my God. What a reference. It's not Troy Savannah. It's her best friend, Doug Middlebrook. Um, oh. But yeah. 
It was the accent. I thought it was Troy. Yeah. That that does make sense. <laughs> it's going on five o'clock. I'm gonna say that to everyone before I go to their house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just whipped that out. Yeah, it's so neat. It keeps that song keeps coming up in my just like Spotify algorithms. Every like <laughs> third Instagram story you post has Ariana Grande in the background, and I'm like, I I I hear this. It's my daily mix one. Hey. Is like Ariana Grande, Banks, Joe G. I think I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, Lennon, Stella. There's all these like emo pop girls. Yeah, she has taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Daily Mix Six is just like weird meditation tones. <laughs> I love that. This all makes sense for you. <laughs> anyway, Tynan, what do you smell like today? Sable, I have done it again. Ooh. Actually, I'm I'm so excited to tell you this because I should have updated you about this and I How dare you have not. I got into Ex Nihilo. Oh my god, I'm so happy. It's like having two friends you met. They're yeah. always like telling about each other. Yeah. Yay. I got into it because of you. You spoke so highly of them. They were very lovely and sent me two cents. One was say it, because I'm oh. not gonna say it wrong. Wait, choke. Honor you know it's the one you like. Saint Honore. Not that one. Honoré Delights. Honoré Delights. Yeah, that Based one. on the street, St. Honoré. Is it Honoré? I think so, okay. because it has the accent on right. the E. So they sent me that. I haven't broken into it yet, but they also sent me oh. Explicit. Oh, I love that one. Do you have Explicite. Them? Yeah. I oh, love wait, that one. Damn, I fucking saying it wrong? I, I think it has also the Beyonce dash on the E. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Explicite is such a power sent yet. Oh, well, maybe it's just explicit. Shit. Explicit? Explicit. Yes, you're. That's correct. I don't know. I don't. That's I mean, a French. Yeah, that's a French accent. Clearly, I have no idea Explicite. how to speak French. So. Um, have you? Do you have this? Yes, I do. I love it. Uh, it came out like two years ago, I think. But it's such a bad bitch scent. It's so good. Yeah. So I called them in a while back, but they were out of honorary delights. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that? That right? was their newest one. Yeah. So they, so they waited. So by the time I got here, I was like, I don't remember what I called in or why. So, <laughs> but saying that, I just ripped this one out of the box this morning and sprayed it on for the first time. And girl, it, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I smell so rich. Yep. Just, mm-hmm. honey, wealthy. You smell like a wealthy widow. It, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to the Oscars. No, like richer than that. It is so good. And it's funny because there's a lot of floral things happening here, but it's not in the way that I expect florals to happen. Mm. My God, it is like, I don't even want to say sweet. It's It's not, yeah, like it's not sweet. It's It's, more, it's more of a texture than a smell. It's like, it feels like like the petal of a flower, like Mm. soft, but... It's velvety. Yes, velvety. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's like it's hot. Yeah, it it the flowers give it this really nice text like floral texture, petally texture, and there is a sweetness to it and almost like a brightness to it that like winks at you throughout wear. Mm. But then there's a woody note that all sort of holds it down. It's just like yep. hot pink tulle and red velvet and blonde hair yep. and flash bulbs and secrets and <laughs> sex i don't know it is i mean god damn it it is so good i sprayed it on and i was like 
<laughs> oh shit here we go the top notes are nutmeg and pink pepper here we are pink pepper again i'm telling you man pepper it's her year you have a theory i have a theory the heart is peony lily of the valley and praline praline i, ign- I ignored that praline yeah. note first okay this makes a little bit more mm-hmm. sense and then the base is vanilla sandalwood and amber so from the nutmeg at the top the praline in the middle and the vanilla and amber at the bottom it is mm. a sweet girl mm, mm, mm. but everything else you know the pepper and the lily and the peony and the wood it's like sweet versus texture ah god it is i yeah you wear it and it's like praline 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 please (laughs) yes no absolutely that it's just really nice yes this is unique to me i don't want to i don't want to say i've never spilled anything like it but they are very unique. It's I really will say, unique. Yeah, like they do smell like classic traditional fragrances, but in such a modern, unique way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough to explain, but it's like that's it. Mm-hmm. I guess I did just. It's not that tough to explain. No, I just yeah, did you it. did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, I'm like just really, really enjoying yeah. this. You know, when you smell someone something and you're like. I can't wait to go back to this and mm-hmm. I've just sprayed it on. But yeah. You know? That that particular scent, I was like, this is a rich bitch scent. Totally. It's like the inside of your custom Louis Vuitton luggage mm. scent. Totally. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know when you smell something that you are not rich enough to smell? Yep. You know? And you're like... <laughs> it smells forbidden. Is this how the other side yes. lives? This is that. This and is maybe the they do. Maybe they do. They're not like that expensive though. I guess to contextualize it. No, they're they're, they're luxury, but they're luxury, yeah. but they're not the most expensive. They're not more expensive than like Tom Ford. No, no, yeah. not at all. Or like Bond number nine. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I they're, think they're just newer, so they're yeah. not as Are they new? They launched in twenty seventeen. Really? Sixteen. There's a that's a big collection for being as new as they Yeah. Huh. But they I think they also have a bigger following outside of the US, maybe. Sure. Like in France and like Russia and okay. stuff. Huh. I don't know. We love it. We do love it. Sable, what are you wearing? Speaking of our dear friend Peppa, <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing the new Byredo Open Sky. Welcome back to Byredo You Later. <laughs> yes, we are a Byredo podcast. Yes, we are. Unabashedly. Uh, so Open Sky is just launched the beginning of May. Um, it's meant to be their fragrance that's like celebrating a return to travel and openness and like oh. getting out there in the world, the world opening up. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. Because mixed emotions was about quarantine. Oh. Remember? So they're texting the same girl two things. I see. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's mm. a very odd marketing calendar. You know what I mean? I guess it's topical. Yeah. I guess it's smart. Well, it makes sense. If mixed emotions is about quarantine, then open sky is about the end of quarantine. And I saw one of their paid ads on Instagram and it was like, (laughs) you know, that shot that everyone takes of out the airplane window with Uh clouds. It was that. God. Of course. Wow. Real original. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I love the concept of the sky as a fragrance because I feel like it's super subjective. Open sky is as if I had paid a high class pomelo to spit in my eye. (laughs) Sable. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't say high class. That's very judgy of me. Pomelo? Isn't that a fruit? Oh, yeah. She's a big girl. Pomelos confuse me because they're like giant grapefruits. 
but they're not grapefruit. Yeah, can't you just say grapefruits? Can't they just say giant grapefruit? Right. No. I love buying them at the store because you buy one, it's the size of your fucking head. And I'm like, I will eat this for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, are pomelos GMO or is it just this freak of nature? Right. But yeah, Open Sky, it's big it's like a huge tart citrus squirt in the in the beginning and can you, you cannot say squirt on this podcast please <laughs> okay okay uh spritz you're not wrong though you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah it's super citrusy and super peppery on the open it's funny i i don't like to look up the notes or mm. read about fragrances before i smell them yeah. i would rather smell them and then be like i wonder if i'm right yeah. and i think i texted you this earlier this week yeah where i was like hmm it smells really citrusy and peppery and then I looked on the notes and the first two notes were pomelo and black pepper and i was like i was right you do, you do that a lot and you're always right i love it and then there's me but it's so it's very citrusy very peppery and then it smooths down to be super vetter like it warms up to be like really vetivery and cedary mm-hmm. so it's like a citrus woody fragrance which i don't think i've come across that often like i feel like that's quite unique i mean the overall effect of it is just like super tart and fresh it's like being slapped awake or like when someone slaps you and like snap out of it it's like that in a fragrance form it it, so i am smelling it right now but i have not received it yet (laughs) but it's coming but does it wear as tart as it smells it's tart for about i'd say 15 minutes and then and then it starts to get really cedary so it it kind of turns into this sweet cedar, like a citrusy cedar, hmm. a citrus woody. Yeah. Do you think, and I say this knowing that like, I think this is a dumb question. Never mind. <laughs> Shoot. I was going to say, do you think that Byredo is focusing on putting out genderless scents, mm. but then it's like number one. I feel like they always have certainly in recent history, but more, more so than that. I feel Mm. like everyone in the Byredo hemisphere is doing that. So I don't think that's unique to them or even a unique question. But if you look at like a Dias and Durga, or Mm -hmm. if you look at who the fuck else, like a, I don't know. Cause there are some brands that are still very like, this is feminine. This is masculine. Like, I feel like a, I don't don't think so because they released, I feel like Lil Fleur was fairly feminine on the interpretation yeah be it the name yeah or the actual scent not saying it's for women just saying that a lot of the notes are like conventionally feminine sure the scent is not though i I see i I agree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. that like everything about it is but the scent itself is not right 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 um that reminds me so much of like last summer and like the beginning of quarantine really and like yeah i know because it like that's when we got it and i wore oh, it i had true. a tester on me and i had it with me all the time and that's like yeah i was just i wore it all through like the thick of quarantine yep. and so now it's like ugh, that's what it fucking <laughs> reminds me and i knew i was doing that to myself too you ruined it i ruined it little fleur it's sorry. good it's good it's weird like rubbery floral yeah you know i got like a little bit of like a burnt plastic kind yeah. of vibe from it yeah like a burnt Barbie doll? Like a car interior. Yeah. yeah. Mm, totally. Totally. Yeah. But okay. So your question is, do you think Byredo is putting out these purposefully genderless, gender confusing fragrances? Yeah. I don't know if that was even I think a they're quirky. Question. 
I think they're putting out more and more quirky fragrances. I think they're putting out, and it's not unique to them either, but like they're they're putting out fragrances how fragrance should be put out. They're like, yeah. here's a cool scent. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. You know? Totally. You don't have to gender shit. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like it's almost like reverse. Like lots of niche niche fragrance brands they'll first come out with like a really quirky like identity driven collection and then once they get bigger and they have to cater to like more of a mass audience they'll then they'll be like okay here's our rose scent yep. here's our vanilla scent totally. like here's all the things that most people universally like mm-hmm. but yeah byrita seems to be doing a lot more artistically broad sense i don't know i feel like like i said before we started recording i feel like other shit's been very bright lately mm. from lil yeah. floor to not as dark and heavy space range i like the heavies though we said again i like their heavies but yeah right yeah from, I noticed- from low floor to mm-hmm. space rage the travis scott sent to mm-hmm. the, this i feel like everything is very bright and bouncy in the last yeah. year which is odd to me oh and there's mixed emotions too mixed which emotions. i guess is not that it's like a it was kind of citrusy yeah it's very berry Berry. It's like blackberry and resin. So I guess in that way, I guess that is an anomaly. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I only smelled it on you, so I haven't smelled yeah. it by itself. Yeah. But I have this theory that pepper is going to be the thing. You do. Everyone's and, yeah. peppering their shit up. You're not wrong about anything. So this <laughs> will happen. I think the, who's that? Like NPD, the the trend oh, yeah. forecaster. Yeah, yeah. Like hire me. Right. <laughs> It's all about pepper and yuzu. Pepper and yuzu. And yuzu. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of something completely different. <laughs> I tried, I failed. It's okay. Can't get every transition. Anyway, speaking of ingredients. <laughs> As per our last episode's rant on clean beauty and sustainability, we wanted to talk to somebody who is all about that. Is all about that yeah. and has been all about that. Yeah. And what better person to have on the show today than Rosie Jane from mm-hmm. By Rosie Jane Fragrances. Yeah. Her collection, uh, she has a collection of seven fragrances plus body care. And they're all pretty, how would you describe them? Stable, like light fragrances, uncomplicated. I don't want to call them simple. That sounds rude. But, you know, they say simplicity is the definition of elegance. I think they're very elegant sense. Yeah. But they are not... They're not overly complex. No, yes, they are. Mm. It's a really nice broad collection that is cohesive mm-hmm. and that, you know, one's a little woody, one's a little fruity, one is maybe a little bit more perfume leaning, one is uh, their definitions of a skin scent, but they're all lightweight. They mold to your body Lovely, well. like inoffensive fragrance that ha- they each have a perspective, but they all share like mm-hmm. the same values. Yeah. And I guess like as a perspective, anyway, <laughs> They've been, by Rosie Jane has been a clean brand since the beginning. And they launched in 2010 officially. Yep. And since 2010, obviously, the clean beauty fiasco Big has clean. really risen to be at the forefront of the conversation in the, the beauty space. So they were there before all of that happened, which yeah. is why we were very interested to see someone with an original perspective of having a clean line Mm -hmm. and to be fair to be clear i think we all know how i personally feel about (laughs) the the clean beauty movement if you've heard literally any episode of the show before but we did not bring her on the show to interrogate her just a little just a little bit uh (laughs) but you were i mean we're just interested in and you know clean has what is it how is it what is it it's in why is it you know we hear a lot about it in 
makeup and skincare course and now hair care and now fragrance so it's like what does this mean and i was i'm honestly interested in like you know can you speak to this what is this we're like can you explain what clean beauty is to us in 40 minutes thank yeah, you <laughs> yeah, yeah so we're very excited to have her yes on the show today yeah she's a hoot yeah so without further i'm not gonna say it i always say it Gah! anyway uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine okay so hi i'm uh rosie from by rosie jane and i am the founder of by rosie jane which is a clean beauty and fragrance brand beautiful short and sweet we love it yes <laughs> <laughs> It's my Australianism. It makes everything very, we're just like, hey, we just like to say it exactly the way that it is. <laughs> I love that. I love the efficiency. So your brand by Rosie Jane started how long ago? I, I launched by Rosie Jane officially in 2010. Oh, um, hmm. why did I yeah, think it was so longer ago? Hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we weren't obviously what we look like today, but... Hmm. It was, I had been wearing my, a fragrance that I had mixed for myself, God, in 2007, must have been. And mm. then I sort of, you know, through much pushing from friends and, and uh, clients at the time, they were like, you should put this in stores. So I was like, all right. Um, and I kind of, it was really like this, you know, stepping stone to, to where we are now. So that's kind of how I started. And then we officially sort of became like a proper brand in mm -hmm. 2010. Wow. Wow. That's that's so fascinating. And uh, before we go on, can you just tell me a little bit about like when you say you were mixing it yourself? Like how does one... How, how did you do that? Yes, I mean, you know, like were you, were you a perfumer beforehand or were you doing it just for fun? What were you using? How did we get yeah. there to then go there? <laughs> so I was not a perfumer and I, I mean, I would not even class myself as a perfumer now, really. Yeah. I think that's, that's such a technical, like skilled job. I do everything from the motion based and I, you know, it's almost so the way I built my business as well. It's like, I'm just going to sort of jump in and see how far I can get um, and research along the way. But I am a makeup artist by trade. That's really where my beginnings started. And when you work so closely with people, you're very aware of the way that you smell. So, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I think you have this, you know, as a makeup artist, you're really literally like on top of people. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to make a signature scent just for me. I want it to be my calling card. It was very like kind of romantic the way that it started. So a girlfriend of mine is, um, you know, sort of mixes perfumes on the side, like we all sort of like to do. And I was like, you know, I'm going to see if I can kind of mix something up that I love. So I, and, you know, sort of started with basics, right? So I would order a couple of different like fragrance notes and, ooh, I like this or I like that. You know, I love jasmine. I love pear, I, you know, all of these things. And then I just kind of organically mixed and it just sort of, it was this bizarre kind of experience and it just sort of happened. And then I started wearing this little fragrance that I mixed for myself and people were like, can you mix it for me? Can, uh, can you make me a bottle? And I was like, sure. Um, and that's really how it started. Uh, and it was before I sort of went into the world of ingredients and what's actually in it. You know, mm -hmm. I started with three or four notes and then just built from there. That's so cool and fascinating. I love, I, I have, Sable, do you have a custom fragrance? Have you ever done that? I have not, but I do have a theory that 
makeup artists are always the most ingenious potion makers right. and concoctors because they're constantly doing that for yeah, their job. Totally. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense that I'm like, of course you would, you know, just cook up a perfume that's perfect for you. Totally. <laughs> you know, it's true, actually. I yeah. don't think that either. You know, we're, we are always blending and making custom colors. Yeah. So I think that's probably why maybe I didn't have the fear of just being like, why don't I just get a couple of these things and mix them together and see what happens? Right. Totally. Is Rosie in your collection the the one that you mixed for yourself originally? No, actually, Layla Lou. Oh. Oh. Strangely, it's still our bestseller. Plot twist. Well, you did something right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I, it sort of, it kind of happened. And really it was, you know, I mixed it for a few people and then, I was like hand printing labels and doing it in my kitchen. And a girlfriend was like, can you give them to me for my store? Which is very cute store on Larchmont village. If anyone knows. Um, in LA, LA. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I made her like six or seven bottles for like the holidays for Christmas. And she sold out in like two days. Oh my God. Um, wow. She's like, can you do more? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then that's sort of how it became, uh, you know, and then I named it Layla Lou for my daughter. Oh, cute. I love that. Yeah. I love that name. She doesn't love it. You know, now she's 14, <laughs> almost 14. She's like, stop calling me Layla Lou. It's basically <laughs> like I'm calling her like Tinkerbell. To her. <laughs> She'll circle back to liking it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, and I'm like, can't you go by the nickname Lou? Because I love it so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she's not so thrilled with it. <laughs> <laughs> she will be. <laughs> she will grow to love it. Yeah. I hated my name as a kid too. And then I grew to love it. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. And that teenage awkward sort of time. Mm -hmm. you know? right, right. So what happened in 2010 that you realized like I could make this a business, you know, I could take this to the next level and make this, you know, um, a scalable situation. Yeah. I think it's because I started like really in its most basic form, I was like, wow, people are, are really enjoying this. And, you know, I never thought of making perfumes. It wasn't something that had ever really entered my thought process. So I think it, it and again, I think as I was building it, I was kind of like, you know, every month I was like, this is cool. This is great. You know, it's kind of finding its feet. It was you know, more of an, a very organic experience. Uh, I had had, um, I had made a, a cheek and lip product actually called Rosie Jane. And so I had had like a little sort of dabble in the product business and getting it into stores. But in the crash of 2008, everything kind of fell apart. And uh, I was like, you know, wearing this fragrance. And then a girlfriend was, that's when she was like, let's do this, put it in my store. And I was like, okay, you know, and that's sort of how it, so I had the backing there of, uh, of business kind of mind, I guess. I just didn't think that this was going to be the thing that really pushed me into full business mode. I thought it would be makeup. Did the lip and cheek tint, did it come in a little tin that you slide open? It, no, it came in a little white pot, like a little flip top with oh. a little tiny mirror in it. Oh. And it was, listen, we got a lot of uh, sort of cult following. It was the first idea of com of a, a almost like a gel-based cheek and lip. It, I designed it because I, as a makeup artist, would put lip gloss on the cheeks of my clients because I love the way that the shape right, yeah. <laughs> like MAC lip gloss, right, like on their yeah. cheeks. Yeah. But it was so sticky. Your hair would stick to it. And <laughs> it was a disaster. But I just love the the sort of sheerness. So that's where I sort of was like, you know what, I'm going to make this a product for everyone. And that's kind of how it started. So I think I always had that 
sort of entrepreneurial push under there. It was just that the fragrance, I was like, I would never, what are you talking about? I'm not selling fragrance. <laughs> humor. <laughs> I think I had that product actually, because <laughs> I remember when I first saw by Rosie Jane perfumes, I was like, wait, I thought they did makeup. Yes. Right. It was this, very, I mean, if I was like, I want to do makeup, I love makeup. This is going to be my thing. And yeah, it really, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. It just took a serious right turn. And sure then, <laughs> yeah, and then, but it was, it was amazing. And that's why in 2008, that's when it sort of happened. Like everything, all the mm. baby stores started to shut down. Mm. It was really, really scary times for everyone. Yeah. And there was no makeup industry either, right? Everyone, all of the big studios were like, we don't have budgets. You can't, you know, our day rates went from, you know, basically a quarter of what they were and it was kind of just it was just a wild time Hmm. definitely how did you come up with the concepts for the fragrances because you have are there seven 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 now and they all have they all have people names (laughs) they do they all have people names so most three of them are named after my children one of them is named after me and then the rest are named after like generally what they're inspired by so I really work from a place of what I like. That's how I mix everything. That's what I will look at the line and I'm like, okay, what do I feel like I want to wear right now? So rosy fragrance specifically, I mixed actually when I was pregnant with William. Gosh, did you see I lose? (laughs) And because I, I couldn't smell a lot of things, like I was just like, oh, God, I'm just overwhelmed. And when you're pregnant, you smell everything so... Uh, everything's so strong. So oh, yeah. rosy is almost like a, it's a pure skin scent. It doesn't really have any strong notes in it. And I, it was like my nose meditation. It was like a break for me. And I just wanted to feel clean and, and relaxed. And, you know, I was just e- exhausted. So that's kind of how that fragrance came about. And I think all of them at all different times that I've mixed them, really come from something that I'm craving. It's always from a very personal experience or person or memory and generally what I would wear. So I will wear the fragrances the entire time that I'm mixing them, tweaking and, and changing. And, you know, it's, and if I don't wear it and I don't love it, then we don't bring it to market. Mm. That is actually my next question. And forgive me, you may have just answered it, but how, <laughs> how do you know? I'm always interested to know, like, how does one know what to take to market and what not to? Because I was reading Chandler Burr's book, The Perfect Scent, and he was okay. talking about when Sarah Jessica Parker was approached by Coty. She was like, I have the perfect idea for the perfect scent that I want to make. And she explained it and they were like, no, that will never sell. So they ended up with Lovely, which is a very lovely scent, but it was not at all what she wanted to do. So how do you know what you like versus what the wider general public is going to like? Is it a gut feeling to know this is next for us? Or is it like a marketing brief? I mean, it's. I think because we are a smaller brand and we're really a small team, we don't have the benefit or the, you know, sometimes it can be not a benefit of all of the market research. Mm-hmm. So we really have to kind of come at it from a place of, what do we like? What do we think our line is necessarily missing? And that's really how we do it. When I'm mixing, I will write 
almost like a, a story, right? Like a paragraph of what I'm trying to capture. And then I can kind of, you know, sit and then I can mix, okay? Because I'm trying to hit certain elements. But, you know, we've in the 10, what are we, almost 11 years since I launched, you know, Layla Lou officially, we've only brought out seven fragrances because it, you know, I really like to live in a fragrance for a long time and I don't always think that we need to add something. Um, and sometimes I think with a, when you're a bigger company, there's pressure, like a new, co- you know, what's new, what's happening, what's coming out, you don't have this, you don't have that. I'm like, you know, but for me, it's really about what, it, it still sort of remains always very personal. That must be great as a smaller company that you don't have, you know, these big corporations bullying you into making more releases. Right. Yeah. You know, we get asked a lot, you know, uh, people are always like, when are you bringing out a new fragrance? And I'm like, we just brought one out like eight months ago. (laughs) You know, but it's like clothing now with fragrance. People are like, it's summer again. You know, don't you have a new summer fragrance? So, but one of, I think the, that's something that's very important to me as a business owner and also the authenticity of, of who we are. We are not that fragrance brand. We're not just trying to bring out something constantly to fill a hole that, you know, maybe the trend is vanilla or maybe the trend is, you know, CBD or whatever it is. It's really just about what feels authentic to the brand and feels authentic to me ultimately. Mm. It does feel like a very like cohesive collection, all the seven cents and then the body products that they do all live together in a way that makes sense to the consumer. Yay. I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, you know, there is, uh, you know, fragrance is such a personal thing anyway, that, you know, my mom always used to say when you were buying a gift for someone, just, you know, if you don't know what to get them, buy something that you would like to get and guaranteed they'd probably (laughs) like it too. Right. So I was like, and that, you know, leaving out clothing granted, But, you know, so I was like, you know what? Okay. Let me put it like that. Like, I feel if you mix something that, or at least for me, that I'm wearing and that I'm loving every day. I know that there's going to be a portion probably, hopefully, that loves it too. And I feel like if I've ever tried to create something for someone else, it doesn't, it just doesn't have the same, like, quality to it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, anyway. You know, and there are perfumers that definitely do that and they're amazing at it. Um, but that's just, it's just not the way that I work. Right. If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that always reminds me of this one episode of The Simpsons where <laughs> Homer, I, I think it's like a birthday or an anniversary and he goes by that same theory. So he buys her, he oh. buys his wife, Marge, a bowling ball because he wants it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know. That's true. Now, oh my gosh. I'm like, I hope my husband does not hear this podcast. And he's like, what would I love to get? And then he turns up with like a motorcycle or something. Right. <laughs> no, no, I don't want that. So, Rosie, we talk a lot about, well, as we are a fragrance podcast, we are very beauty adjacent. We're part of the yes. beauty, the greater beauty yep. umbrella. And clean beauty is a very big topic of conversation in the beauty space right now, obviously mm-hmm. in skincare and makeup. And it has worked its way into fragrance and, and even candles as well. I myself am a beautiful skeptic when it comes to clean. But right. can you just give the listeners and myself a, 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 your definition of what clean means and then how that relates to clean fragrance? Yes. So... 
Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, clean, I think that word has been thrown out there a lot mm-hmm. um, and it is confusing to people, you know, because it, it, it can sometimes mean natural, it can mean, you know, non-toxic, it can mean uh, environmentally friendly, it can, you know, mean so many different things. I mean, I think at its core it's basically products that are made without potentially harmful ingredients and removing stuff that isn't absolutely necessary to the functionality of the product. Mm. For me, that, and that's how we look at it. So, you know, and clean fragrance is, is a new thing. I mean, we've been doing it for a while, but fragrance in particular, I think it's kind of blurred because the word fragrance has been kind of put on the no-no list for clean right. Right. products. Uh-huh. So, you know, most... Uh, clean products or fragrance free, or, you know, we get customers that are like, I noticed that you list fragrance on your ingredients. And I'm like, because we're a company. (laughs) So, and that's, it's, it is confusing, but, and when it's skincare and color, I think it's a little more easy to define, but Mm. fragrance with in itself has has been given this really terrible reputation, just the word. Mm -hmm. So, for us, it's about that. It's about kind of combing the ingredients that go into fragrance, that make up fragrance, you know, looking at them a little deeper, removing stuff that is potentially harmful or that there's research supporting that it is harmful and doing away with them, you know, if we can, especially yeah. ingredients that are not necessary, like, you know, all the, the common ones, parabens, phthalates. But in fragrance, musks are really on the table of being very harmful, not only to people but to environments. But they're also very important to fragrance mixing, right? right? They're, they're a huge component. So it is a complicated subject, but yeah. Have, has your brand always been clean? Like that, was that always part of your brand story? And then as clean beauty has become more and more of this like monster in the industry, have you ha- like taken a different approach to the way that you either formulate or speak about your fragrances being clean? Or have you always just sort of stayed the same from the jump because that's what you always were? Yeah. So when I was mixing just for myself, we were absolutely not what would be considered clean. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it started for me is you know, I think like a lot of people, when you have kids, you start thinking about how everything relates to them, you know, not, mm-hmm. and not just in your beauty products, but everything, you know, the food yeah. that you're making and the, the dishes that you're cooking in and the laundry soap that you're using. So that's kind of how my journey started. And when I started to kind of really think, okay, yes, I have a note that says pear on it. And I have a note here that says, you know, vanilla on it or whatever. I was like, but what goes into each of those individual components to make up that that note, mm-hmm. just in its very basic form? And that is kind of how that journey started. And then I started reading a little bit more about it. And, you know, with Layla, I was breastfeeding, you know, and so you're, you, your babies are touching you, their hands are in their mouth. And so that's when I was... I had this fragrance that I was wearing and I went to a fragrance house and I was like, look, I love the way that this smells. I'm not super thrilled about a few of the things that are in here. Can you help me understand that? Can you explain to me? You know, it really, that was, I was like, you know what, this would be cool if I could keep this smell, but not have X, Y, and Z in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really how it started. So we were, we were clean from the get go, but 
we were we would say initially we would say made using clean and natural ingredients and at the time in 2010 people were like i don't know what the hell you mean by clean Mm -hmm. we're just going to go with the natural and so people would be like this is the best natural fragrance on the market and i was like we're not natural like that we we use natural ingredients so we stopped saying natural Mm. as like a big tagline because i was like we're not a 100 natural fragrance like we're not mixed with essential oils right right but we are clean which means that we don't use certain ingredients that are potentially harmful that are endocrine uh interrupters that are environmental hazards you know, we really try and stay away from those. But it was not the conversation that it is now. People just sort of glazed over and they were like, oh, cool, all right. right. <laughs> but, yes, it's always sort of been a mission of ours but, but and also much uh, an equal importance, if not the most important, is environmental impact. Mm, yeah. That's very important, especially for fragrance because so many of the ingredients in the notes directly come from things plucked from the earth that take years and years and years to grow back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And also they use a lot of resources, water and, and, you know, land and all of these things that, you know, I don't think people truly look at the full picture because, you know, I think as just everyday consumers, why would you? you? You want just someone to give you some nice, like clean facts that feel good, do good, mm-hmm. great, I'm in. Right. You know, right. but and that's why I think it falls on the responsibility really of the brands and these big brands to be like, okay, how can we make this more sustainable? There's just so much there that I think that we can do as founders. Yeah. Yeah. On that Musk note, I know originally musks came directly from the glands of animals and Obviously, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, and no, no, would you? Because they are the most, I mean, I don't know if you've ever smelt an animal musk, but it is. Oh, it's noxious. Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> right? I'm like, I can't believe that they ever used this. It just feels horrendous. <laughs> I feel like it was like an amplifier back yeah. in the day, just because it was so, so fragrant for better or worse. Yeah. In like the Egyptian times, they were like, oh, this, you know, animal uses this to attract the female version of itself. Let me try and do the same, you know, and then they didn't really, didn't have the same effect. (laughs) (laughs) On that same note, I really like what you said about using natural ingredients, but not being a natural brand. I think that the use of synthetics and fragrance has been mm-hmm. really demonized and because it you know it sounds kind of scary and obviously natural sounds better but we know that natural ingredients across the board are not always sustainable. You know, the best for sustainability within you know your sourcing or even the where you you will get more longevity out of a synthetic note um can you just talk about how you feel and how you approach synthetics and your fragrances and your brand yeah i mean synthetics are incredibly important to us and to the fragrance industry. The word synthetic, again, it's like has been kind of given this bad rap, but it's just sort of the word that is, you know, using chemical compounds made in a lab. You know, you can have what is now given this term a natural synthetic, right? Because it's like a neroli or something like that. It's uh, it's not from a single source. They kind of blend it and they bring out certain green notes and, and, you know, it's so much misinformation out there about the word synthetic. I mean, think about something as simple as like sandalwood, right? Without synthetics, that note would cease to exist because it has been completely destroyed in its natural environment. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
by over-harvesting to a point of ridiculousness that now, thank goodness, we can make this beautiful equal that is in, in a lot of cases sustainably reformulated in a lab. That is, it's really important. Also, the complexity that you can create with a synthetic is, just doesn't exist in nature. Totally. Mm, yeah. Doesn't most of the sandalwood in the world, isn't, isn't most of it from Australia? I think it used to be yeah. originally, but then Australia, I think they like shut it down. They were like, sorry, you can't take any more. <laughs> we're keeping this. <laughs> it's just for us. And so now I think a lot of it comes from Asia, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, but that's the thing. The technology of mixing fragrance compounds is is moving quite quickly, wonderfully, and so they're able to create the most incredible likenesses that have these longevity in them. They are, as I said, sustainably uh, done. They're created in a in a completely non toxic way, and you get consistency as well with synthetics, which in naturals yes. you don't always get consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot, well, I feel like more and more emerging fragrance brands, and they're usually quite luxe, artisanal niche brands that their whole thing is a natural fragrance brand. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from with championing naturalness, but mm-hmm. I do feel like there are a lot of pitfalls or like misunderstandings with what that actually means for the consumer or the environment. Would you know what I... I'm so, I'm so perplexed on what natural perfume <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is confusing because, yeah. you know, you can use natural, uh, you know, like what would be considered natural synthetics, right? Everything right. that goes, so let's, you know, Neroli is a great example because it's so goddamn expensive, mm-hmm. A, to buy as an essential oil. So now what they do is they make these natural synthetic versions of it where it smells like the, the Neroli that you love and it's made with plant-based materials, but it's not single source. So, you know, maybe it has, a, it definitely has Neroli in it, but it's like not the, the you know, $15,000 a pound one. It's, you know, and so that would fall into what would be considered natural fragrance oh. um, as well, right? So that's so natural fragrance. I mean, there are brands that are 100% what would be considered essential oils, but, mm. and natural I love essential oils, granted, don't get me wrong, I really do, but I am yet to find an essential oil blend that is pure essential oils that you would be able to wear as a fragrance for anything longer than about 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're quite volatile, aren't they? Yeah. They're a hard element to blend with because the whole idea of of a fragrance coming from a natural plant is to attract the the bee or the bug right? that's why they let off these beautiful fragrances so their natural instinct is to kill each other off in fragrance right it's to outdo each other so when you start blending with them they don't last very long a and they can become kind of muddied right it's a really yeah it's an they're they're interesting to work with they're also considered an environmental toxin actually essential oils i mean you hear about it mostly in skincare, but it's it's kind of like a big no-no in the esthetician community of essential oils being like this huge irritant for skin. Well, they can they definitely can be used in in high concentration. 
the way that most people use them now, like in body care and stuff like that, it's really such a tiny percentage that most people are probably fine to it. You know, the allergen thing is a whole nother conversation in the world mm. of fragrance. But a lot of brands now who are under natural are absolutely that. They But they're also using the, the benefit of synthetics. They're just natural synthetics. So, I feel like the concept of natural synthetics is just going to like blow everyone's mind. It's like, like an oxymoron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. But that's what it's because the word synthetic just is basically something that is blended. You know, it, it's not made pure in nature. That's it. Uh-huh. So it's using a bunch of other elements to kind of help bind it together. It's just that most of them are, or you would hope all of them are plant-based. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, a natural fragrance. In terms of sustainability, we've been, you know, talking more and more about how the fragrance industry is taking a lot from the earth and may not be putting all of that back. And this isn't so much a question specifically about your brand, but you are very much, I'm sure you know more about how the industry moves than, than we do. In general, is you know, big fragrance doing anything to sort of replenish what it's taking from the earth, because I, from what I understand, it's taking faster than things can replenish naturally. So what does that, do you have any idea like what that looks like, what that effect and like footprint looks like? I mean, you know, the, the direct numbers, no, but I, you mm -hmm. know, 100% what you said is true, mm -hmm. right? So the, the demand for all of these natural elements and, and also just the producing of, of the componentry, all of these things, right, that are, is, is outweighing what can be put back at the moment. Right. And that's why sometimes I think with the fragrance ingredients specifically, like, you know, even if you think about something like a, a lavender, right, just the, the amount of water and farmland and natural resources that it takes to pull all of this stuff and they're producing it so fast that there's shortages everywhere, which is why all these prices are going back. These really big fragrance brands, I think, need to take much more of a stand and helping the industry move forward into a more sustainable and survivable way, right? Like at this, with the population growth that we have, with the demand that we have, it's so hard to sustain all of the stuff that is being taken, all of the natural resources that is being taken out of the planet right now. And, and all we get in return is a, a bunch of empty packaging. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, nothing is really getting recycled the way that we think it is and or mm. at all. Do you think yeah. there is a future in more genuinely sustainable packaging for a liquid fragrance? Yeah. Or is it that we have to sort of rethink the medium that the fragrance is taking? You know, maybe it's coming in a solid that with a dissolvable component, maybe we right. do move away from glass and plastic completely, but that means we have to change the juice. Like, yeah. is there any hope? <laughs> I mean, I think there is, a, you know, our biggest thing that we're always trying to get rid of is the pump, right? Mm -hmm. That's the, because yep. the glass itself, luckily for fragrance, you know, no one wants their fragrance in a plastic bottle, thank God, right? right? But glass is, is a wonderful uh, recyclable unit. It's infinitely recyclable. Basically, almost every local recycling plant can recycle glass as long as it's not too small. Right. Uh, that's one of the big myths, right, with recycling when they're like, hey, my packaging is 100% recyclable. But most local recycling plants won't recycle the kind of products that you're trying to get them to mm. recycle. 
So they won't recycle caps. They won't recycle the tiny dipsticks that are in the the damn pumps. That all just gets thrown into the trash. They have these big shakers that drop all the little pieces that are under like a certain um, measurement and then that just goes landfill. So, we, you know, you have to partner with certain companies to do all that. I don't think fragrance bottles are necessarily the issue with recyclability, but I do think that the exterior packaging with fragrance is something that really has to be looked at in terms of, you know, why is every fragrance wrapped in cello in cellophane? Mm-hmm. Like, do we need that element? No. Right. It's like, I think it's like looking the same way at packaging as you look at ingredients. What can we remove? Why does it exist? Like, if it doesn't have a real function or it's in there for a particular reason, why is it here? So, and I, we need the big companies to kind of push that forward. And actually companies like Sephora and Credo, but Sephora has a really big voice, is moving in this direction and is going to and will push the industry. But it's it's these really big guys who we need to say, you know, why are you doing this and you need to stop doing it? Right. Right. Yeah, I do feel like a lot of that has to do with consumer expectations as well, because, you know, like you were talking about the cellophane before, a lot of people probably when they're shopping for products, if they don't look professionally, you know, all wrapped up, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So right. like the expectation needs to change too. Yeah, like, we don't need all, we don't need the cellophane. You don't need a box in a box. Yeah. Right. And it's changing, right? So when they do yeah. these wonderful with the, the young people coming up, it's, it's a massive number. It's like 75% yeah. of consumers are focused on an environmentally friendly, conscious company. They mm-hmm. want their brands to be. And that's where I think it comes back. I think most people don't want to do the research, which is fine. You know, and that's why I think these brands and as brands, we have a responsibility, you know, to the consumers being like, we've done the research. We know that this is the issue. We're removing it because it doesn't need to be there. And they're like, great, thanks for telling me and wonderful, move on with the rest of your day. I think just like clean ingredients and packaging allow us, because it's our job, to do the research, to do the hard work for you and all you have to do is is buy it and just, you know, make the the choice with your dollars, basically. That's such a good point. And I'm so happy you said that just because I, th- I think all the time that, yes, we as individual consumers should be doing everything we can to recycle, et cetera. But like, what good is that going to do if, you know, these big companies are producing 100,000 units of their, you know, newest product and shoving out into the Sephora's, you know, it's like, this yeah. is outweighing the work that I am doing, you know, like, yes, that is the yes. point here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's, I think it's an exciting time within this movement. I think there's a lot of like an background like noise and and oversaturation of these words but i think like any movement it always has to kind of come to this massive point and then it kind of resets itself and it finds its sensible lane so i hope that that's what's going to happen but it 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 is going to take these these mega brands yeah. to be like we are making a stand against this this and this whatever works for them and it will it will change. It will. I, I mean, I I hope desperately every day because, as I'm sure you guys know, beauty is the number one contributor to plastic waste. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just it's almost like terrifying to me. Right. Yeah. Right. 
you're right. The things that are technically recyclable don't get recycled. And we were ranting about this the other week about how it's so difficult to properly recycle beauty products and the companies that offer, you know, oh, we'll take your, we'll take your empties and we'll give you all these disposable boxes and collection bins. Like they're very expensive to participate in actually. They're real. I mean, we are, do we do it? So we have people send back their components and it's the bottles are not the issue, as I said, right. It's the, it's the little pieces, right. The mm. rollerballs and the caps and all of that kind of stuff that we have not been able to figure out a better way to, to do it. But we work with a company that, that recycles everything for us and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Is right. it TerraCycle? <laughs> it is. Oh my they have the monopoly the company that does it. No one else does it. I know, which is why I'm like, is this why they can they can put their prices so high? <laughs> yes, I'm like they have a monopoly. Damn you, yeah. TerraCycle. Although we love you, <laughs> I know <laughs> you evil genius. Uh, it is. They're, and listen, they're they're doing something extraordinary. But that's the thing. It's like you know, and it's the plastic thing. This is made with recyclable plastic. I'm like, yeah, but it's still plastic, right? That's the problem yep. is that plastic just never goes away. You can turn it into a T-shirt, a bag, a, you know, roofing, whatever you want. The reality is, is once it's made, it will be there forever. Creepy. It is. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, that's why if we can push people to move away from plastic, like that's the big one. But at the same time, it's kind of this horrible situation because plastic is very important to so many things mm-hmm. and I can't imagine life without it, right, at the same time. Right. It's right. just we need to be able to remove it from things that don't need to be made from from plastic. Totally. Yeah. Should we lighten it up a little bit? Sam? We should. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. Okay. Well, Sorry. No. exploding. <laughs> no, this is such a great conversation. Though. It's so it's so good to hear someone who is so knowledgeable, who's, you know, at the helm of a brand. So we, yeah. we appreciate it. But oh, um, thank you. To change gears a little bit, what scents were important to you in your life growing up? And they don't have to be fine fragrances or even products at all. They could be, you know, anything, grass or coffee or. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a horse rider, strangely. So, you know, I competitively horse rode for a long time. So the smell of horses and horse manure is like probably one of the most emotionally tied to freight, like smells of my entire life. Wow. I love it so much. But my mom gave me my first bottle of fragrance, which was Arnaisane. <gasps> That's such a good one. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. It's a classic. I never wore it, strangely enough. I just kept it on my dresser for about 14 years and it just <laughs> get dusted. Right? I would just wipe the dust off the top. But the fragrance, you know, both my mom and my grandmother have passed away and I never realised how much of an impact their fragrances had on me. And I keep a bottle of both of their fragrances on my dresser. I never wear them because they're overpowering. One is Arpege. Mm. She's a very old-fashioned fragrance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is uh, Paris by Yves Saint Laurent. And I just, like, hold the bottle and smell them when I'm like, oh, I need to talk to you right now or I need to, you know, think about you. Those fragrances are, I realise, sort of my entire childhood. That's really sweet. Fragrances really are, like, emotional totems. Yeah. Yes. They uh, are. They, uh, it's... It's what's so amazing actually about making fragrance and kind of going through the journey of when I'm trying to create something is 
what the individual notes themselves, like, absolutely, like, you know, take you to this pinpoint, right, in, in, in time. It's like I smell arpege and it takes me to the bathroom where my mom would curl her hair and get ready and there was, I can remember the radio being on and I remember the station that it was. You know, it's like, it's like this picture-perfect kind of, it's like a photograph in your mind. It's so, but it's weird where it takes you, right? It's not like it takes me to her like in some beautiful flowing gown. It's like her getting ready in the morning, curling her hair to go to work and telling us to hurry up and get ready for school. (laughs) Oh, it's like it encapsulates moments in time, truly. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it is. So, uh, but those two fragrances, I and when I look back at actually the first fragrance that I did, which is Leila Lu, Leila Lu kind of lends itself to the classics very much. It's more of a traditional fragrance we like to say it's the gateway drug into into clean fragrance mm-hmm. because it, it's more reminiscent i think of of a traditional fragrance and then looking at the fact that the, my first fragrance was Arnaisane and that my mum wore arpege and that my grandma wore paris they all sort of have this classic floral undertone to them which leila lu ultimately has hmm we talked about Rosie, right? Yeah. Um, a yeah. couple episodes back. And I'm not a big skin scent girl. And Sable <laughs> is a little bit more aligned to them than I am. I like have. a skin scent. But, but we both really, really like Rosie. Yes. And, and it's more like, I don't know. There's just something about it that's it's most consents to me are like woody and musky and yep. very not pleasing ways but rosie is kind of like airy and cottony in a mm. really lovely way it's like a textured yes. it's a textured skin scent it's got it's i don't yeah it's got texture to it which i appreciate yeah it's just, i love hearing your description it's like i'm like listening to like music i just like find myself like leaning in and like oh. <laughs> this is so well, like wonderful. i'm not i'm not like a, a floral like i don't think either of us are super into florals I'm absolutely not a floral guy, so i love well i love when florals are done unexpectedly mm-hmm. or a little unconventionally mm-hmm. and i think like the rosy scent for me is like a really great example of an unconventional skin scent floral yeah yeah because yeah. also skin scents can just sort of i mean like we you know skin scents uh, by definition are the isoe super molecule etc but i feel like the term has been a little bit co-opted co-opted in, in a, yeah, yeah. right to just like light scents that stick mm-hmm. really close to you that aren't very complex so they can be woody they can be floral they can be musky whatever but i yeah i, I find like a lot of in the more colloquial sense of consents can be just like really light white florals and while yours may be closer to that it, it doesn't read florals to me at all and i really appreciate that yeah. about it i really enjoy wearing it yeah, you know when I, I that little tiniest amount of rose that's in there was really just, I think, to kind of lighten it up because sometimes it can, right? When we when you're going like almost like a single note fragrance, essentially, yeah. it can feel a little flat. And, you know, whilst clean and wonderful is there, I was like, you know, it needs like, like a sparkle to it. And that's why I am actually not probably, a, I mean, I wouldn't classify myself as a, as a floral fragrance wearer, even though... <laughs> Of course, all the fragrances that I just said mean something to me are floral-based <laughs> and Layla Lou is floral-based. Right. But I think that that's why Rosie to me it was is like almost like an escape from fragrance. It's mm. It smells mm. beautiful. It makes me feel like a certain way, but I don't feel like I'm wearing perfume. And that's really what I wanted to 
to grab in that fragrance. So, but that the the rose doesn't come through in in I think a traditional way that people expect it to come through. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's also like you know um, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to your podcast, and he is very technical, and I can't remember his name. He wrote the book um, Perfume, is it? Or <gasps> Luca maybe? Turin. Luca. Yes. Yes. And he was talking about how the notes, describing notes to people and giving people notes is so misleading. And I was like listening and I was like running around the reservoir and I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. <laughs> it's exactly how I feel. It's so frustrating to people be like, you said it has vanilla and coconut in it. Well, I didn't smell the coconut. I'm like, that's because it's just a tiny little element in there that maybe, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, there's also about 10,000 different ways to smell like coconut, right? Like you can have coconut bark, you can have coconut flesh, you can be sweet coconut. So sometimes when you're putting, like I would love to just never put the notes on my fragrance ever yeah. and just describe it by an, a, fe- a feeling or an emotion that we're trying to kind of grab. You do. The boxes do that, which I actually thought was really cool. Everyone was like, you've got to put just the notes on there. I was like, no, 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 no. I've got to have a feels like in there because that's what I'm trying to, that's what it feels like when I'm mixing it. You know, it just so happens that I'm using these notes to get there. But fragrance is not about the notes. It's about how it makes you feel and, and, and the memory behind it and all of these things. Totally. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I know that people are way more likely to identify or be drawn to something that says feels like sleeping under the stars rather yeah. than like so we got bergamot so we got vanilla it's- <laughs> yeah, yeah you know and everyone's you know definition of those individual notes is is yes completely totally subjective right yep. so it's hard but yes but i'm so happy that you guys love rosie I, it's literally i also mix that fragrance with almost every fra- other fragrance that i'm wearing so i wear uh. dylan all the time and i mix it with rosie because I, it kind of grounds it and softens it. They actually, it's funny, those two actually kind of smell similar to me. You know, because it has the, one of the uh, same note in it, which is the, the musk in it. Aha. Aha. I knew it was something. I was like, yeah. something's the same, but what is oh, it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely have, and that's why, but that's why for me when I mix them, it like pulls it even more down, mm. which I love. For sure. I have one off the cuff question because I'm always curious about these types of things. And since you are from not America, I always wonder, (laughs) (laughs) I only know what the perfume culture is like here because I grew up here, but to you growing up in Australia, how do you think they view fragrance or they wear fragrance in Australia? So Australia is actually very closely aligned with China, right? And the Asian culture. So they have a very similar approach to it actually so it's the same big brand names and and they like a prestige fragrance and Mm. it hasn't they strangely enough are further behind on the clean movement than than i think anywhere really that's interesting i i I was very surprised to find that too um because i think they look a lot to america they look a lot to everywhere they kind of you know australia is like this literally it was a penal colony for Christ's sake. I mean, we're, (laughs) we're literally like a giant melting pot of every single like nations. Like we don't want you. (laughs) (laughs) The outcast nation. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So they're looking to other people's friends a little bit. So they're a little behind, I think on the clean movement, but they will catch up. I hope. (laughs) 
but it's it's not really a buzzword for them in fragrance yet at all. Mm. Mm. Growing up there, it just I felt like everyone just kind of wore the same fragrances, you know, the big legacy brands and the and the beautiful ones. But it wasn't it wasn't so much a part of my childhood, strangely enough, other than the, my mum, you know, just those memories. But I was not like a huge fragrance lover or wearer for most of my my 20s. I didn't really have a, a signature scent. I didn't really have a fragrance that I would mm. go to, which is why I think when I started mixing, they always sort of come from a place of, of lightness, like an ease to wear because I don't love a fragrance that is overpowering and that I can smell forever. Mm. It just, right. it's not, yeah. So, so yeah. That's funny. I would have thought that Australia would have been like very, very on the clean and sustainable movement yeah. from the get. Sustainable, they they are definitely. But yeah, the the I don't know. So we uh, launched obviously clean at Sephora, I think here in 2018. Yep. Um, and uh, Australia is just now launching their clean movement in Sephora. Oh, wow. Damn, catch up, guys. Yeah. I know. Right? Like, um, yeah, this is strange. And we launched, we launched in, in Australia middle of last year. Gosh, I want to say some there. And then now they're like, yay, we're so excited to be launching the clean, you know, seals and clean everything. And I was like, that's wild to me that it hasn't been at the forefront. It's just I think America actually is really the reason for the clean movement to be. I mean, I, I think that uh, Europe of course, has already done it, but they've still yeah. been doing it as like a stock standard. You know, you can't call stuff out yep. in Europe because they're like, uh, yeah, of course you're not using parabens and phthalates because no one is, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, America is all about capitalism, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, love, they, they find a good slogan and they go with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love, but they, I think they are really like pushing, I mean, Sephora is kind of, you know, been the one like driving this like you know we've got to get these products cleaner what does clean mean I feel like they really helped actually define clean mm. in a way that I wasn't even expecting because mm. we've been clean for a while and people were like oh okay now I understand what clean means mm. now I you know I can go and I can sort of see a full breakdown of what is not included in clean products and what you know and that has been so important in the education there's still a long way to go but it really it's been so wonderful to have someone kind of be like this is what we're saying this is we're kind of giving the yeah. parameters right now right. even if they're not all perfect it's like here's a starting point let's all go from here and move forward yeah it gives brands something to aspire to and like clear delineations of what you know what's appropriate yeah and credo actually I, I, mm. a credo has really been would they were the first ones to sort of say, hey, we're going to start stocking brands that only do this. And again, and it, it's helping consumers kind of understand the difference between the two. But the word clean, it's just, we used to say, if we put clean on there too much, people are just going to think that's the way that the fragrance is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is a fragrance brand called Clean. I know. I'm yeah. like, that's so beyond fair, right? It's like having <laughs> a brand out there called Vegan. I'm like, no, you can't. You're not allowed to be called that. <laughs> we'll send them a cease and desist. Yes, right. Yeah, that would be great. You're totally unfairly, like in Europe, you've got an unfair advantage. Well, of course you're clean. <laughs> that got kind of spicy. It got a little spicy. I love that. 
I love how she was like the smell of horse manure. Oh my god! Is so we're just in my childhood, and I was like, "That's funny because the smell of horse manure reminds me of horse cops <laughs> in New York City." I thought you just said horse cock. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Different parts of the animal. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that totally threw me for a loop. Yeah, but cool, right? Yeah, I don't think horse manure is like objectively a bad scent. It's just like whatever you associate it with. You I'm, know? I'm gonna disagree with you on that one but i appreciate your openness it's just like a natural i don't know as far as like shit smells go like theirs is not the most offensive (laughs) anyway i I also like that she wasn't afraid to swear yeah it's my girl rosie love an aussie um no it was dope i remain a skeptic obviously of the whole clean everything but i appreciate her sort of outlook that it was you know not only ingredients but also what am I trying to say? Like, you know how the ingredients do or do not interact with your body, but also, uh, you know how they fuck with the environment and Mm. just like the bigger, wider conversation of how much is in any given formula. Usually Um, just such a tiny amount of, of of anything, of anything, like of, of of any, of any one thing. If it's, you know, how many, how much do we need to, to get to this end goal without, you know, sacrificing the integrity of the product. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't sure, I wasn't quite sure what we were getting into with that, but I really enjoyed it, and I don't feel like we were finessed. Finessed, yeah. You we know? weren't hoodwinked. Yeah, which I appreciate. Not, yeah. on, not on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hoodwink the hoodwinkers. We don't hoodwink our guests no. too much. <laughs> no, I would never, I would never invite someone on in bad faith. No. We're, we're not like the British tabloids. No. <laughs> I don't know. I was just binge watching Ted Lasso. So I was just like, man, these British tabloids they just got a bad rip. <laughs> Never us. Anyway, I like continuing these conversations about sustainability and quote unquote cleanness in fragrance because I really don't think that any one brand approaches it the same way. And part of me is like, I wonder if there'd be like a conference where they all got together and talked about all their different techniques on how to be clean and sustainable. And mm-hmm. maybe we can just do it right on yeah. a large scale level. I've also heard that like in five years, clean won't be a thing because everything will right. be clean. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think Which it's is how as, it should be. as easy as like It pulling, should be the benchmark. Right, right. Pulling like talc out of a, a highlighter yeah. or pulling parabens out of a primer or whatever yeah. it is uh, if you were talking about makeup but um i really do think that america does that the most where they lean on saying things are this free or that free or free of like they market with a lack mentality yeah. or like a negative mentality right. negative by numbers i mean yeah. where it's like they don't tell you what's in it. They tell you what's not in it Yeah, as like a virtue. It's like every time that you see this uh, on the free ofs list, like uh, this product doesn't contain yeah. formaldehyde. You will never find formaldehyde on an ingredient of list course. ever. And like some, like also f- like trace amounts of formaldehyde are naturally occurring. Yes. They're in fruit. You know what I mean? It's, so it's, it's like, a byproduct of fermentation. Like yeah. take that the, take yeah. that off the free ofs list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one's, congratulating you for not putting gasoline in your blush yeah there was a thing about i think in canada how they can't say like eggs or chickens are hormone free mm. because as an animal of course they have hormones, hormones. Right, right. <laughs> but it's just they can't use it as like a marketing word right. which makes complete sense i also i loved that we didn't even prompt her for it but she said like we use naturals but we are not a natural brand like yeah. we use synthetics i was like 
yes yeah that's dope and i love that she could like explain what that means and why i love hearing that like we need to you know destigmatize synthetics synthetics are the default man Mm -hmm. like it's literally in everything right because it has to be right and yeah the the championing of natural perplexes me boring not even just boring it's just that i feel like a lot of times it thinks it's doing something it's not I said that in a, if you know, you know way, but now I can't explain it. (laughs) I just mean like, yes, the earth is great. Great things come from the earth. And that's, well, that's like the platform is just like, we only like things made by mother nature, but like mother nature also makes poison ivy. So like she's a fickle bitch, but the downsides of all natural is over harvesting and things that can be potentially irritants or just like the high amounts of volatility you can't you can't promise consistency no. with naturalness because that's just not the natural law and the you know your skin will be more reactive to mm-hmm. naturals yeah 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 totally so. so from a consumer standpoint i'm like this is actually not good right <laughs> but like you're still purporting it as if it's 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 the the moral kind of yes. high road thing yes. that gets me yes. that's what it is exactly yeah. There's no morality to any of this. Exactly. Cut it out. What's that M. Night Shyamalan movie where the earth has had it and then it just starts fighting back? The happening. The happening. So bad. Ooh. So good, so bad. We're about to be happening up in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But not us, because we're going to synthetics. Yeah. How did that movie end? Good, right? I don't remember. Anyway, I have to rewatch that now. <laughs> Smelly Later Movie Club. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of our episode. That was, that was great. <laughs> that was good. I had such yeah. a good time. Like I said, we're still going to keep having this conversation. Yeah. This isn't the be all end all. No. Definitely not. If there is anyone particular that you think I hate sourcing, but I but I am interested. Like yeah. if there's a person in. We should speak to the big perfume houses. Yeah. In, in the fragrance or, or even chemistry world about like clean that you yeah. think would be a good guess. Hit us in the DMs. We're always interested to hear what you guys want to hear. Yeah follow us on instagram at smilylater.mp3 i am at sabletooth tigra i am at tinin buck and that's our episode for now smell you later smell you later